Amen. You may be seated. I walked in the door this morning. The first thing I saw with this was this green jacket walking down the hall. Or I mean, I know I'm sure where he was, but I couldn't miss him. <laughs> and I said, Hunter, you bring light into this place. <laughs> um, last Sunday. I shared with you a message about Advent. Advent is a time of waiting and preparing ourselves for the celebration of Jesus' birth. I can't help but think that on that night, there weren't really very many people who knew what was going on. But we know what was going on. And so we can celebrate in a very different kind of way. And to, and, to announce, and to announce this birth to shepherds, they were the lowest people on the ladder. Do you sense what God was doing in lifting people up? Wow. Advent is a time of anticipation as we wait for Christmas. And children especially have a hard time waiting. I don't know about you, but when I was a youngster, we would search the house for where the packages were being kept and try to figure out what they were. But it's more than, Christmas is more than, than all of that. Because we explored Excuse me. We explored together Israel's hope for a coming Messiah. The passage that we'll read later is in Isaiah. 800 years later, there was a fulfillment of that promise that God gave to Israel. There had been 400 years of silence where there was no prophet in the land before Jesus came and John the Baptist and John the Baptist 400 years God does not count time as we do and I and you're probably like me you're always complaining that God why can't you be early once in a while I mean he's never late but he never is early he always seems to do what he's doing at just the right time. We know that the Messiah has come, even though Israel and its leaders rejected Jesus as the Messiah. We know him as Jesus, and as believers who base our faith upon Jesus, his life and teachings, the word of God and the Holy Spirit as our teacher and guide, we understand anew that our hope is found in the certainty of Jesus coming again to establish his kingdom here on earth where everything will be made new and right. Are you looking forward to that day? Are you looking forward to that day? Uh-oh. <laughs> Or you need another cup of coffee. 
the four Sundays, the four Sundays before Christmas have traditionally been identified as the Sunday of hope, the Sunday of joy, the Sunday of love, and the Sunday of peace. And as we anticipate the celebration of the birth of Jesus on Christmas Eve, I am trusting that God, through his Holy Spirit and his word, will impress upon you and me some special portion of what he has done for us. He intends, my friends, for Christmas to be very personal for each one of us as we reflect upon his working in our lives. So I, I would encourage you to be thinking about what gifts of grace has he bestowed upon your life in this past year? What gifts has God given you? Because he's always giving us gifts. I want us to return to our passage found in Isaiah Isaiah chapter 9. I'm just going to read verses 6 and, and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. In the Old Testament, whenever you see a, a prophetic writing, you can generally anticipate that there will be multiple there will be multiple times when there is a fulfillment. But the ultimate fulfillment will only be found in Jesus Christ. And so when, when Isaiah talks about a son being given, a few years later a son is given and before he's of a certain age certain things happen. But this is, this is a much deeper prophecy it is a prophecy that says the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. That's what we look forward to, isn't it? The peace of Christmas that will last forever and ever. What a powerful thing God has done for us in giving us his word. And so often we forget that this was given to people who were waiting and they had to wait and wait and wait. Generations come and go and they are still waiting. We are still waiting. For his return. We are still waiting. But Jesus is, a, is called. And would be called. A wonderful counselor. 
During my years um, as a director of Christian counseling at a large church out in Washington State, I had the privilege of witnessing God's amazing ability to offer healing to hurting people. I understood that I was not the healer, believe me. I was simply the conduit God had chosen to work through as he brought understanding and insight to the clients in my presence. There were times when God gave me insight and then told me, be quiet. That is for them, but it is for them only when the time is right. And you will need to rely upon the Holy Spirit to know when that time is right. And in our prayer times together, we always closed our prayer time, uh, closed our sessions with a prayer time. And we often felt, myself and my clients, that God was there and that God was working in our lives. One day I received a phone call requesting a session at our counseling center. I knew the young lady. She was from our church. And I wondered what she would be coming to see me for. She was, from my perspective, a pretty, petite, and friendly blonde who had been married to a handsome engineer for about a year. I welcomed her into my office and asked, how can, I, how can I help you today? And she was quiet for a few moments as though collecting her thoughts. She began by saying she didn't feel worthy to be married to her husband. She didn't feel worthy to be married to her husband. And she went on to say that there, there were many other women in her office who were more beautiful, more talented than she. And after allowing her to describe how she compared herself to them, I asked a simple question. But I began by agreeing with her that there were no doubt other beautiful, talented, and fun women he could have chosen to be his bride. But, I said, he chose you. So my question to you is, knowing the possibilities, how does it feel to know you are the chosen one? I allowed her time to ponder the question. Isaiah's prophetic message tells us that the child to be born would be called a wonderful counselor because he would know what people needed so they could live an abundant life which he would come and give them. As our creator, he knows how we are made and what our needs are for living a meaningful and purposeful life that can be fulfilling. 
at the risk of being overly simplistic, I will tell you that scripture tells us we need to get our eyes off of ourselves and our selfish self-centeredness. We need to recognize our propensity towards sin and the harm that we inflict upon those we love and begin to live lovingly with everyone around us. But how do we do that? How do we do that? The only way for us to live lovingly is by accepting the fact that we cannot live lovingly without God's help. I can't do it. I doubt that you can either. It is only as we experience a spiritual or new birth into the family of God that we are able to live as Jesus lived. He taught us how we should live, and he showed us the narrow pathway that leads to life, a life of meaning and purpose. And he did that for his disciples by investing a lot of time and energy in teaching them his way. And then there were those moments when he sent them out and allowed them to experience for themselves a taste, just a taste, of the power of God's Holy Spirit working through them as they touched others. Jesus knew that his disciples wouldn't get it, and they didn't get it until the day of Pentecost. Without the power and presence of the Holy Spirit within their heart and life, they would be missing the ingredient, the one ingredient, in their lives that would make it possible for them to live as Jesus did. The same is true for us. Now, they knew that he was expecting them to live lovingly with everyone around them. And then Jesus told them to wait. Wait in Jerusalem until they had received power from on high. You want to live lovingly with those around you, you will need power from on high within you. We cannot be, yeah, let me start that one again. We can be loving at times with those we love, right? We can. But without tapping into the presence of the Holy Spirit within us, it is impossible to love the enemy or the neighbor who is rude or crude, or the one who cuts you off in traffic. The truth is, uh, the list of those we don't love or find it difficult to be loving toward is long indeed. Remember this, my friends. The love that Jesus is speaking of is that tender, compassionate concern for a person's well-being. It is called agape love in your Bible. It is God's kind of love, which he deposits within us 
through the gift of his Holy Spirit when we accept Jesus into our heart and life as our Lord and Savior. God gives us a gift when we accept his Son, his gift to us. And his gift is the Holy Spirit within us and his kind of love. And that's one of the reasons that Jesus is referred to as the wonderful counselor. He gives us what we need so that we can live lovingly with those around us. The difficulty is in tapping into God's agape love so that we can work, it can work its way out through us. A young, a young woman in my office didn't say anything after my question, but slowly, ever so slowly, a smile came across her face. And there was that undeniable twinkle in her eyes that said she understood. And she was, from that day on, free to love her husband because she was his chosen bride. That's what God does for us. You see, the fear and the uncertainty disappeared from her face. And God's gift to her as the chosen one allowed her to love him, her husband, for as long as God gave them to each other. To my knowledge, they are still loving each other and the family that God has given them. The wonderful counselor gave her what she needed to remove the doubt and the fear from her life and live abundantly in a loving relationship with Jesus and her husband and the two boys that they had. Jesus is a wonderful counselor. It would be wise for all of us to check in with him every once in a while, wouldn't it? Say, Lord, how am I doing? And he might just say, well, you're doing pretty good, but there's still room for some improvement. And here's something you might want to work on. And remember, I'm right here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm here, and I'm going to work on it with you. And when we're done, you're going to be in a much better place. So trust me. <laughs> well, Jesus wants that for all of our lives. And, And all we need to do is have loving relationships, a relationship with him, and then tap into that agape love he's put within us. You and I cannot live with tender, compassionate concern for the well-being of others without the help of our wonderful counselor and his Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? Okay. Glad you're still here. <laughs> As we celebrate communion today, I want you to think about all the wonderful gifts he has given you to help you live with tender, compassionate concern for the well-being of those around you.
I know we all fail at this. And Jesus knows that we will fail too. And that is part of the reason he has given us communion. We need to remember his love for us and his forgiveness so that we can be loving for others and stop beating ourselves up. Because it says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins, the ones we confess. And the verse goes on, and I'm so glad it goes on, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Anytime you come to the Lord and ask for forgiveness, he'll forgive you. And then it says, and I'll cleanse you. I'll make you, I'm, I'll give you a clean slate. You can start over. What a wonderful counselor he is. And he gives us that encouragement, always that encouragement, to try it again. Try it again, but this time with the help of the Holy Spirit. Try it again, but let the Holy Spirit help you. And you will be amazed by what you, in partnership with God, can do as you reach out to love others. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew 26. The team can come on up for the worship, uh, for the communion time. But Matthew 26 is a passage where Jesus is talking with his disciples and actually is celebrating the Passover. And I need to tell you, Passover was a time of celebration. It had its moments that were solemn, but it was a thanksgiving to God for everything God had done for them as his people. And so while they were eating, Jesus took bread. He gave thanks and broke it. There was a traditional blessing for the bread. And I haven't learned it yet. But I'll, I'll let you know what it is one of these days. But he blessed the bread and broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, Take and eat, this is my body, which he was willing to give up on the cross, which he was willing to use his body to suffer all kinds of injustices and torture. And then he took the cup. He gave thanks and offered it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. This table is the Lord's table. And it is Jesus who is offering an invitation to you to come to his table. Come to his table. And freely partake. He says, come. 
Do you need, do you need love today? Do you need to be reminded once again of my love for you? It's in the bread. It's in the bread. His body broken for us so we could be healed. Isaiah 53 is a beautiful passage. Read it when you go home. Do you need forgiveness? I don't care what your failures are. God says to you today, come, take a cup, because it represents his blood, which was poured out for the forgiveness of all sin everywhere. Do you need forgiveness? It's in the cup. It's in the cup. These are the precious gifts of a wonderful counselor who gives us guidance and the power we need to live lovingly and experience the abundant life he came to give us. And may he, may he bless you as you come to his table. Another quick bit of housekeeping if you're new here. Um, we have the little basket set up for our benevolence fund that you're welcome to give if you feel. And we do a believer's communion. So if you've trusted the Lord Jesus as your Christ, as your Lord and Savior, yeah, welcome you to come. Amen. And there is gluten-free in this small container up here. Uh, if you need the gluten-free, we have it back. So come, share at his table. Speaks a better word than all the empty claims that heard upon the surface. Speaks righteousness for me and stands in my of the 
blessing. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a good